Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church, North Adelaide. You can find more great things like this at citylight.church slash North Adelaide. The first reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 1 to 7. And if you're using the pew, pew, the church Bibles, it's on page 479. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And the next reading's on page 675. And I'm reading from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Well, good morning again. If you do have a Bible in front of you, you might want to keep Matthew chapter 1 open or thereabouts. 
Um, happy Christmas again. Um, if you missed it before, Simon, lead pastor here at City Light Church, North Adelaide, and, and happy Christmas. Um, I'm just going to speak for the next little while um, and remind us, I guess, a, a bit about the meaning and significance of Christmas this year. But before that, um, I feel like every year I feel like I need to run out this little story that I heard a little while ago uh, that just makes me laugh and um, maybe it'll make you laugh as well. Not to preempt your laughter, by the way, but you know, like just get ready. Um, but uh, I heard a story um, of uh, some kids at a school and they were doing a nativity reenactment. And uh, you know the story goes, you know, after Jesus is born, a little while later, um, three wise men turn up and, you know, kind of bring gifts to the the Lord Jesus. And uh, so these three little fellas were lined up, you know, and baby Jesus is kind of in a, you know, manger a bit like that. And um, these three little fellas are standing there and they're holding their gifts, you know, um, like this. And the first little guy walks up to to the manger and goes, I bring you gold, puts it down, steps back into line. And the next little guy, you know, walks up and he goes, I bring you myrrh. And then he steps back into line. And the third little guy walks up and he pauses. He's looking around. He looks at his teacher, hoping that she'll, like, give him the line. And he goes, Frank sent this. There you go. I love it. Anyway, and then gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Anyway, um, the... uh, then apparently at the end of this little reenactment, you know, all, everyone's on stage, all the characters, and the three wise men are standing there next to you know, the manger, and uh, they're all sort of standing there looking at each other, and, um, and the teacher's kind of, you know, saying, bow, bow, like, you know, from the side of the stage. And all of a sudden, the guy that gave Frank, you know, said Frank sent this, goes, woof, like that. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. Silly story for Christmas. Um, that's the tone of the rest of the day. No, no, not really. Um, let's pray, hey, as we come to God's Word this morning and think about Christmas together. Father, we thank you and praise you for uh, the opportunity we have and the freedom as we've just prayed, Father, the freedom to gather uh, together as your people and um, new and old to this church to remember the wonderful news of Jesus. Uh, Father, we thank you, Father, for your Word, and we pray now as we think briefly about it, Father, we pray that you would, we would, by your Spirit, through your Word, see Jesus We'd hear Jesus and we would adore Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I don't know about you, but for me at least, Christmas feels a little bit different this year. I wonder if you sense that. Um, I hear people, I feel it, I hear people talk less about what they want. I'm hearing people talk more about what they can give. I hear people talk less about what they need personally and they talk more about perhaps what the world is needing. I see people rushing around a little less, well, at least up until yesterday when I was amongst the crowds rushing around last minute. But I do feel like people perhaps have been reflecting a little more. I see less consumerism and perhaps a little bit more contemplation I've heard the words happy holidays a little less and happy Christmas a bit more. Perhaps, just perhaps, we're realising that the precious gift of time with people, time with family and friends, is actually much more important than the new gadget from the shop. And maybe it's a reflection of the year we've all experienced. Perhaps 
we're all searching for something a bit more this Christmas. Maybe you're here this morning searching for something this Christmas, longing for answers, longing for hope, a bit of good news. Maybe it is because of the year we've all experienced. The cumulative years of drought across Australia um, combined, I guess, on the 20th of December 2019, just last year, to spark the fires in Cudley Creek in the Adelaide Hills, devastating homes and businesses throughout the Adelaide Hills. Bushfires then sort of sparked and ravaged the York Peninsula, Kangaroo Island, and parts of southeastern New South Wales. Over 3,000 homes were destroyed, 28 lives lost. We experienced firestorms last summer of the kind we've never seen before that triggered a royal commission into how we respond to national disasters. And of course, need I even mention coronavirus, COVID-19. I heard someone say recently on the radio, uh, there was January, there was February, and then there was coronavirus. Um, that's kind of 2020. Millions of infections resulting in thousands of deaths across the globe that continue even as we sit and speak here this morning. An indiscriminate virus selecting both young and old, rich and poor, male and female. A pandemic like we've not experienced as human beings on planet Earth for about 100 years. The trauma of it all, likened by Queen Elizabeth in the UK to the trauma that was experienced around the Blitz in, in World War II. A natural disaster that, unlike an earthquake, continues to shake and reshape us sort of 11 months later. It's been an exhausting year. Who's exhausted? Just me? Yeah. I feel exhausted. And yet, I feel exhausted, and really, we've been spared, haven't we? Much of the horror, the pain, the death, and the dislocation that caused this virus. Throw into the mix a very confusing and polarising US election, ongoing uncertainty around Brexit, the uncovering of potential war crimes committed by our bravest and best soldiers, the devastating findings of a Royal Commission into the care of our most vulnerable, the ageing, the mentally unwell and the disabled, the rapidly deteriorating relationship between Australia and China, you've got to admit it's been a pretty challenging year. I don't know, if you were to choose just one word to describe this year, or maybe your year, what would you choose? For me, 2020 is described by this word. I've heard people say disappointment. I've heard people say confusion, sadness, lonely, unemployment. Someone the other day described to me their year as darkness. Describes many of us and much of our world. And that's why the words of Isaiah chapter 9 that Liz read to us just before are so good. Let me read them again. They're on the screen. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, the light has dawned. Verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isn't that what we long for? Isn't that what we long for? A counsellor who will provide real comfort, real wisdom, maybe real healing, and won't charge us $300 an hour? 
A God who will be mighty, who will be strong, who will be a rock, who will never leave you. An eternal Father who will embrace you forever, unconditionally. A person who will give you real peace. The Prince of Peace. Inner peace, but more than that, peace between you and your Maker. That's what our world needs. Comfort, strength, love and peace. And that's Christmas, isn't it? That's Christmas. I need Christmas. You need Christmas. We all need Christmas. You know, Christmas, when God, the living God, left the luxuries of heaven, the light of eternity, and entered into our impoverished and dark world. Why would he do that? Well, because he loves us. And because the Lord is all loving He's totally kind. He could not simply leave us in the darkness. Listen to John's gospel again. The light, do you want to read it with me, Jack? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to the world, to everyone, was coming into the world. And Jesus himself says later, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is Christmas. The light coming into the world. The light coming into our dark world. I don't know about you, but I I love it when I'm driving home at night and I see a light on, you know, in my home. I go, wow, someone's home. This sort of makes me feel good inside. Someone's there to, to meet me, to come into the darkness. The other night we were, um, anyone seen some Christmas lights in the streets around you this year? We went down to 9th Avenue in St. Peter's the other day, bad decision. Um, I feel like half of Adelaide was there. But as we were driving, there's a sense of like the light brings joy and relief and happiness to us. See, our world is a dark place, but Jesus stepped into our darkness as the light of the world. Our human hearts are dark places, and God steps into our hearts and brings life and light and peace and joy. That's Christmas. But maybe you're here this morning and you go, well, Simon, that was 2,000 years ago. Yeah, it was. But when Jesus stepped into the world, he changed the world forever. People had been waiting for years, hundreds of years, for the light to arrive. And John says that the true light that brings light to people was coming into the world. He's coming, says John. And guess what? We sit here today and we can say, he has come. Jesus has come, the light of the world. That's Christmas. I hope you know the story. Mary is pledged to be married to Joseph. It's more than engaged back then. It's a legally binding thing. Divorce was the only way out of that arrangement. They haven't slept together, but she's found to be pregnant with a child. In those days, to be pregnant outside of marriage was a scandal. Mary would have been an outcast. She would have been disgraced, possibly even stoned. But Joseph, right, he's an upright, he's righteous, he's a good man. And so he decides to divorce her quietly. And then one day, right, this angel appears, right? Imagine that moment, you know, an angel appears. Do not be afraid, Joseph. This baby is conceived by the Holy Spirit. We've heard that so many times, haven't we? It's the most extraordinary statement. A virgin will give birth to a child. 
So you've got Mary and Joseph, homeless refugees, walking in darkness to Bethlehem. You've got shepherds in the darkness watching their flocks by night. And then a bright star shines with the backdrop of the night sky guiding these shepherds to the dirty, dingy stable. And who's in the stable? A baby. But more than a baby, a saviour has been born. Ever thought about the stable? Maybe the cave, potentially? Nothing like the new Royal Adelaide Hospital with all its fancy machines that go bing and all that sort of stuff. There was cow dung in the stable. There was a feeding trough, there was hay. Not a glamorous place to enter the world, but that is where God chose to show up. The light of the world doesn't come as a despotic ruler. He enters the dark, dingy, dirty, desolate shed. How humble is that? And I don't know if you heard, as, as Simon read Matthew chapter 1 out for us, Matthew's account of Jesus' birth, we get so few details, right? We're not told about the first, second, and third trimesters of Mary's pregnancy. We're not told about the birthing plan. Did Mary have a natural plan or a C-section scheduled? I don't know. We're not told the vital stats, you know, what did he weigh? What was his head circumference? What was his length? What percentile did he fit into? None of that. We're not even told what he looks like. Ugly, probably. I mean, most babies are cute, but ugly. I mean, you can take me up with that later. What, what are we told? What does Matthew want us to know? He wants to know, us to know his name. Actually, he wants us to know his names. Jesus and Emmanuel. Because when you understand those two names, you'll understand why Jesus is the light of the world. I don't know if you know, names have meanings, right? Now, Adele and I, I'm speaking, I have not got a permission to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, my wife. Adele and I aren't as deep as some people. I mean, she might disagree. Some people choose their kids' names because of the meanings, right, that the names have. We just chose them because we thought they sounded cool. Um, so Stella, who was dancing before. Stella means star. There you go. You didn't know that. Um, I think she's a bit of a star. But anyway, that's my bias, bias. Sebastian. Um, we chose Sebastian really because like, we thought it would be cool to nickname him Bazzi, which we do. Um, this is what Sebastian means, a person from the ancient city of Sebastia. There you go. So when you see Bazzi later say, wow, you're from the ancient city of Sebastia, he'll look at you and go, what are you talking about? Fletcher simply means a person who makes and sells arrows. Pretty deep, aren't we? There you go. <laughs> Names have meanings. The first name given to the light of the world is the name Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, if you have it open, it's on the screen. She, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. He's a saviour. I don't know about you, but I look for rescue, I look for hope, I look for salvation in all the wrong places. I look for it in my exercise routine, which is not going so well. I look for salvation and rescue in money and assets. I look forward to, I look for salvation and rescue and hope in being popular, 
being liked by more people. I also look for saviours in other people. But the reality is, isn't it true, that, that possessions and people fail us? Because Jesus doesn't come as a saviour for our financial woes, our sicknesses, or our insecurity. He is a saviour for our sins. Because the truth is that all of us, we all have names, but we also have another word to describe us, and that word is, is sin or sinner. Things we've done wrong, the parts of our character which are flawed, our selfishness, our pride, my intolerance, lust, racism, greed, whatever it is, actually, now that is wrong. All of those things are just the outworkings of a greater heart problem, which is our sin, which is our cutting ourselves off from our maker, our turning our back on the one who gave us life. That's what sin is. Look beneath the surface of all those little things, greed, lust, racism, Pride, and you'll find the capital S sin. Capital S sin is that we've all rejected God's loving rule for our lives and decided to turn away from our maker to ignore him. And when we turn from the author of life and light of all things, things don't go so well. We end up in the dark. And that's why Jesus came. Because when Jesus grew up, he walked a really dark road to a hill outside Jerusalem called Calvary. And on that hill, he died on an old wooden cross to deal with our sin and to reunite us with our maker. And on that cross, he uttered the extraordinary words, trust in me and you will be forgiven. Your sins will be forgiven. Such that when you stand before God on the last day, he won't see all the stuff you've done wrong. He won't see any of it because the Saviour's been born. It's the most wonderful name, Jesus. I hope you know that being a Christian is not simply about going to church. I hope you know that being a Christian is not about being religious. It's not about being a good person. It's all about coming before God. And admitting that we've stuffed up, that we're bankrupt, and that we can't fix ourselves. And yet God has given us the gift of his son, Jesus. And through trusting in him, we can be right with God. It's a wonderful name. The second name, it's there in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Please, please, please hang on to those three words this Christmas. God with us. It's extraordinary. The creator of the world is with us. He's with you. He is with me. He came down from earth to earth from heaven. Who is God and Lord of all? You'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is a huge comfort, isn't it? That God is not distant. You cannot say that God doesn't want anything to do with you. He's come. He's become one of us, flesh and blood. He's experienced pain and suffering and hardship, grief, anxiety, loss, joy. He's experienced friendship, 
He's experienced betrayal. I said this last week, I think. I love singing carols at Christmas. I could sing them all the time. I find myself singing them wherever I go right now. My favourite carol is O Holy Night, which says, The King of kings lay thus lowly in a manger, in all our trials born to be our friend. He knows our needs, and our weakness is no stranger. God with us. In moments of delight and in moments of despair, God with us in the painful times and in the pleasant times. God with us in the successful times and in the midst of failure. One of my privileges as a pastor is to walk with people through their last days as death approaches. I actually realised today, oh no, it was last night, I was, I was going to sleep after wrapping myriads of presents, well, like watching Adele wrap myriads of presents, actually. <laughs> I realised I didn't take a funeral in 2020. There's something to be thankful for, I guess. But as, as people, as I've pastored and sat with people as they, they spend their last hours alive on the planet, in those moments, people never speak about the things they want. They don't want more stuff. What do you really want when you're facing death? You want someone with you, sitting with you, holding your hand. And God is with you. Not just in death, he's with you all the time. If you're here today and you trust and love Jesus. God with us. So I've reflected on those three words, God with us. They're words of comfort this year to the woman, this Christmas to the woman I know whose husband walked out on her this year. Those three words of comfort to a friend of mine, a really good friend who is desperately unwell with depression. God is with him. Those three words of comfort to the man I know who's lost his job. God's with him. I do hope that they are words of comfort to you this Christmas. Wherever you are at this morning, God is with you. You can never say that God doesn't care. He loves you. He's always with you. He's your comforter. He's your sustainer. He's your peace, your joy, your friend. I do think Christmas is a little different this year. People are asking deeper questions, looking for hope after a year of uncertainty. Remember Jesus. He came to save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. Remember Emmanuel, God with us. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Trust him. Keep trusting him. Let me pray. Let me pray. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. Yea, Lord, we greet thee. Born this happy morning, Jesus, to you be all glory given. Word of the Father, 
now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus, Emmanuel. Thank you for forgiving us our sins. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. And so, Lord, we ask that with the help of the Holy Spirit, empower us to live for Jesus, to love like Jesus, and so shine as lights in this world every day until we see Jesus and enjoy him forever. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church, North Adelaide. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church or to donate to the work of City Light Church North Adelaide, visit us at citylight.church slash North Adelaide.